Welcome to Not Only But Also. I'm Nicole Cottrell. I'm Renee Ronica Bahati Klug, also known as Mrs. Keanu Reeves. Indeed. Indeed. What's on the old uh, docket today? I am elated. Not because I've had two cups of Red Zinfandel. It's really good, actually, by the way. It's so good. I love Red Zin. Listen, if you've not tried Red Zin, please go and get some. Paso Robles has the best Red Zins ever. None of them have ever disappointed me. But I am super excited, as my children yell in the background, for this episode. We are talking about Jesus, but also therapy. Therapy. So, Nicole, 20 years ago, when you were not that young... (laughs) <laughs> oh no <laughs> but still younger than me back it up <laughs> what was the message that you received primarily from the church regarding therapy oh my gosh the and message Jesus. from the church if i recall i don't really remember anyone pretty much ever talking about therapy in the church 20 years ago no one was talking about therapy no well Okay, so we have a lot of different kind of layers to work through here. We've got the church layer. We've got the cultural layer. There's Correct. even an international layer. If we want to go there, we I could go there, but you have to pay me. Um, but all of these kinds of things. But the message I received 20 years ago is if you have enough Jesus. Mm-hmm. You don't need no therapy. You don't need it because right. Jesus should be sorting out all of your questions. Mm-hmm. Jesus should be sorting out all of your issues. Mm-hmm. Mental health. Mental health. Or actually, mental unhealth means you don't have enough faith. Correct. There's not enough faith. You haven't prayed enough or prayed hard enough. Or maybe it's a sin issue. Maybe. Sin can really make you, you know, mentally unwell. That is true. And a lot of people are waiting, wait, wait for my signature word to call out the lie. And this might be the episode in which it comes out hot in the first minute. (laughs) What's the word I want to drop to all of this? You got it, ladies and gentlemen. Horseshit. You have enough Jesus. You do not, you don't need any sin to have mental health issues. Mm, This is true. You don't need any of it. Mm -hmm. You could have repented for everything. You could have, you could be a straight edge, you know, no sin. Straight edge, no sin. And still need therapy. (laughs) And still need therapy. Essentially, if you're a human being living and breathing, walking on this earth, there's a chance, the chance is probably pretty high that you could benefit from some form of therapy. That's right. Yeah. So let's go like meta culturally. In the last 20 to 40 years, mental health issues has not been that readily embraced even by American culture. Because mm-hmm. it, was, it was kind of like a hush-hush thing. I remember when I was little, if kids had to go to therapy for whatever reason, they didn't tell anybody. Yeah, you would only see therapy or see therapy or hear discussions around therapy and like movies or or television shows or it'd be like there was some violent act and this child yeah. had to go to a child therapist and right. you know play with some toys and the therapist would watch them creepily through a glass window what kind two-sided of window watching? listen people know what i'm talking about two-sided window two-sided window is that what's oh, called yeah, yeah, yeah and then the parents stand there and they look at the therapist longing like tell me what's wrong with my child. Okay, that was basically my whole context for what therapy was or it was it was a Frasier. device for conflict. Or Frasier. Oh yeah. That was it. Frasier. That's all I knew. Right, that's good. So I actually started therapy very young. Also, I have to say I hate Frasier. Go on. 
Why? Oh, it's a that's a I mean, whole other episode. I didn't episode. love it. I liked the dad, nope. but I more liked him oh, not because of Frasier. I liked him because of say anything. Oh, no, no. I liked it when he sung "Ricky, Don't Lose My Number." You would, you would. <laughs> uh, John Mahoney. Why he died? Yeah, that was that's his name. amazing that you just pulled that out. I know. Well, listen, man, you never see amazing f- me with the names and the dates. I was and a the film major in college, people. All right, um, and I was obsessed. Um, but after two thousand, like my film knowledge. Hmm. True, it that drains. is also true. It I can drains. testify to that as well. Yeah, yeah. but before two thousand, mm-hmm. from nineteen eighty to two thousand. I am your phone a friend. (laughs) Um, But I started going to therapy at 16, 17 after I told my parents what Mm -hmm. was happening with me personally. Right. And she, this is an interesting story. She was actually Mormon and, um, and she was fine. She was great, but it was abbreviated because I had to go to college. Mm -hmm. And the way that I went to my Bible college was to get a pastoral reference. Oh, that's right. I know this and story. I didn't go to church yet because I had just become a believer. Right. So I asked my Christian therapist, therapist. I remember. Who happened to be Mormon. Now listen, for those of you who may not be privy to this conversation, there are a lot of, there happens to be a lot of factions in Christianity. <laughs> and there, there's the in-group and there's the out-group. Well, listen, at the place where I work, I will tell you if I need shit done, I ask a Mormon. Okay? <laughs> because Mormons are the most hardworking, ethical people I have ever met it's, it's in my life. It's pretty much All right, true. I have no problems with Mormons. However, when it comes to theological issues, you don't ag- the Mormons are the outgroup mm-hmm. when it comes to at least evangelical thinking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the pastoral reference that I got for my Bible evangelical fundy school was from a Mormon. It's pretty great. <laughs> Also, only Renee. <laughs> Joke's on you. But she was great. I don't remember a whole lot. I don't even remember her name. I just remember that she said that like cricket, we're like crickets and we have antennas and sometimes those antennas get frayed. Renee's holding up finger antennas right now. <laughs> I have to give you a play-by-play and she's wiggling them. And then- They're feelers And right I don't now. remember the rest. So that I sounded very productive. After that was her. very productive. You literally just <laughs> don't even remember what the point of the cricket antennas no, were. but I did. I was able to write a letter to my, one of my, my cousin who mm-hmm. molested me uh, and he was discharged from the Navy. Mm-hmm. Because, because of, of that. Well, yeah. be, not because of the letter, but because of what he did to right. me. Right, yes. Well, but, that's yeah. what I mean. But the letter because helped. the letter prompted I quoted that. from the Shawshank Redemption in the letter. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. What let's a brave get girl you were. Should I continue to drink red in and go all over the place? Sure. Or, I feel like it's going in a great direction. So when's your f- first... Inc- so I've been going to therapy for 25 years straight. Yeah. I mean, I'm I not... I have not. I am a newbie, so... Renee and I have very, you and I have very different uh, histories with tech therapy because I've just about, I think at the end of this month, I will be celebrating my one year anniversary with my therapist. You started a year ago? Oh, yeah. 2020 made everything feel like, in that realm, lightning speed. Sure. So what was your attitude toward therapy therapy prior to 2020? So... I used to just completely block it out. I actually had But not because of Jesus. No, I had no judgments. I really never felt like I definitely never fell into the Christians shouldn't go to therapy camp. I never ever felt like that or thought like that. I understand 
some of it, I understand thinking that maybe Jesus is supposed to be enough, but I remember writing a blog post on my old blog forever ago that talked about how Jesus was ever meant to be our source of everything. I personally don't feel like that. So I never judged anyone for going to therapy. I was always like, that's great for you. I'm so glad for you. But then when I would think about it for myself, I would actually feel saliva filling up in my mouth as if I were going to vomit. Mm -hmm. I would have a physical reaction to even thinking about therapy for myself. And I think I probably talked with Jonathan about it. I mean, probably a handful of times over our marriage. And if it even came up, I would be like, I'm going to be sick. I would get like shaky. Why? I have one word for you. Vulnerability. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See the episode on the Enneagram. <laughs> um, I don't even know if it's vulnerability. I think that's the main thing. I definitely don't prefer to be vulnerable. I don't prefer to be vulnerable with strangers. So sure. before being in therapy, my view of that was only that I'm being vulnerable in front of a stranger, which obviously that's not what it is, which we'll talk a little bit about like what it's actually like if you haven't been to therapy and we'll share some of our own stuff. But I didn't know. I had no context for it. I didn't know what it was actually like. I just thought I'm supposed to just barf out all my deepest, darkest secrets and hurts to a person I don't know. Mm. Um, I'm going to pass. So I wanted nothing to do with it. And we'll come back to how good it has been because I think it 2020 was, I mean, for what 2020 was, I think Kimberly was your your bright star. She was my anchor. Your anchor. That's Legitimately. Mm-hmm. Maybe both, your bright star and your anchor. You know, and for me, because I had such a long history of abuse, I think therapy was something that was okay. Mm-hmm. Like if you have gone through a tremendous amount of abuse, fine, go to therapy. Mm-hmm. But nobody else should be going to therapy. That's kind of the message that I received back then. I yes. think that we received in That's total. for sure a lie that the church swirled around with is, or we just tell ourselves, not even necessarily the church. Well, I, my issues aren't that big. I haven't been through something big enough to warrant therapy. I don't have – maybe you haven't suffered abuse. Maybe there's no major trauma in your life. Maybe, you know, there's just like this stuff of life and you think, I could just – I can deal with that on my own. It hasn't been that big of a deal, so I don't need to go to therapy. And turns out, ladies and gentlemen – that that kind of thinking mm-hmm. is a form of abuse mm-hmm. to yourself. The think minimizing, 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 and dismissing right. any sort of anything that you have. Or let's look at the, some of the toxic things. Um, you know, do you have enough faith? If you had enough faith, you would believe that God is your everything. Mm-hmm. And if God is not your everything, then you must then and you're struggling. Then something's wrong. Then something's wrong. Right. Lie number one. Um, if, what's another lie? That's the big lie. That's the biggest. Um, I think to the, I think another one that really was a huge hang up for me, and I still talk with my therapist about now, it'll still come up, is that I, f- and I know other people relate to this, is that it feels like it'll be too much. It'll hurt too much. Mm-hmm. It's going to be too much to bear. It's going to be too much to handle. I can't possibly bring up and discuss all of the things. Like sometimes when I think about I've been in I've been going for a year now every single week. Wow. So I've almost done 52 weeks. I mean, I've missed a few in there, so probably like 45 weeks of therapy. And a lot of those were over Zoom. <laughs> Correct. 
in that, I see when I think about what I haven't even gotten to talk about yet, that's I went through, I feel so overwhelmed. It feels like when you think about eternity, if you ever think about eternity, I think about eternity sometimes and I'm like, oh no, it, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't, it's too much. That's how therapy feels when I think about it, not when I'm in it. So I just try not to let myself think about it. And my therapist reminds me, Kimberly, she reminds me that that's not the process. Her saying is slower is faster. That's true. That's good. Well yeah. done, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that we don't have to obviously get into it now, but off air we will. <laughs> you don't have to necessarily tell Kimberly everything that you've gone through. Oh, absolutely. Not everything needs to be absolutely. processed. Absolutely. Sometimes that can just. Or some things are processed by, uh, not by osmosis, but like by, by proximity de facto, to the. Is that the word? Yeah, de facto. Or that by the, the right proximity word? to another thing being processed. Yeah. Like a domino effect. Like mm-hmm. you can process one thing and then have another thing or another thing kind of clear up yep. because they were connected. And you're like, yeah. oh, I don't, need, I feel good about that now. Like yeah. I don't have to do this other step one, two, three, four. It's true. Yeah. And you know, I wanted to give a quick update on this uh, note. I think it was the Mary episode where I said that the Lord wanted me to deal with this thing that mm-hmm. happened, remember? And I was like, I don't want to deal with yes. one more thing. And somebody quoted that back to me. I hear you. I see you. I know. <laughs> But anyway, I decided in mid-January that I would deal with it. I just said, fine, I will. And a memory came back to me from about, I'm not going to talk about all of this because it's too much, but a memory came back to me from 15 years ago that was one of the most catastrophic and painful mm-hmm. memories ever that actually uh, colored the trajectory of my life mm-hmm. for the 15 years and my self-esteem and a lot of the decisions and mainly my anxiety. And it was a full-out lie by somebody very close to me. Um, I would even go as far as to like Old Testament lying spirit that, oh, yeah. that, that what was mm-hmm. said to me. Anyway, so I remembered it. I was like, whoo, I texted Nicole. And then that evening I shared it with Greg for the first time, my husband Greg, and I cried. And then the next morning I woke up just lighter and I felt more confident. And I felt like I have done enough work since I think that was said to me like 2004. I have done enough And that was like the lingering thing that was Mm -hmm. just weighing me down. Mm -hmm. And I didn't need to like unpack it. I didn't need to go back to my lady whose name you still don't know. And I'll tell you in a bit. (laughs) Um, I didn't need to go back to her. It was like I had a a belt around me that served me no more. Yeah. And I realized the belt was on me. I figured out how to unhook it and and it dropped to the bottom of the ocean. That was it. And that was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I could have gotten there without without all the the stuff to get to that. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm concurring. Again, I'm I'm a baby, but in this realm. But I definitely already can see how my brain just takes in information differently can suss it out for myself differently. I can rec- I recognize my own crap more. Yeah. Um I can sense I I don't really like overusing the words like trigger and trauma and whatever. But we all get triggered and most of us have trauma of some kind. I can recognize it way more easily now. I can name it more easily. I can be and because of that I can get out of it easier. Yes. Which is just it blows my mind cuz I legitimately I didn't really even know what therapy was like I had no real I said this I had no framework for it I just had friends who were really enthusiastic I had you 
you were like, do it. I had my friend Holly, our friend Holly. She was like cheering me on from the side. Holly and I both really like vulnerability. I know. Totally. You're both super vulnerable and and always like actively working to be more vulnerable. More vulnerable. (laughs) Yes, I'm truly both of you. Gosh, I'm like sandwiched between the vulnerable bread slices. And she was cheering me on from the sidelines. And that makes a big difference when you have people in your corner who there's no stigma, there's no judgment, there's no shame around it, and people who are encouraging you and keeping you accountable. And who are letting you know that although it's hard, it's nothing to be afraid of. Correct. Because they're like, oh, it's going to be so good. I can't wait for you to get to experience this for healing, not just like, it's not for, it's not for masochism. Masochism? Yeah, or just vomiting, verbal vomiting. Right, or just vomiting, which I think I, I thought it was Yeah, and it too. absolutely can be. I think if you have a, a kind of, I had a therapist at, um, at Biola where I went to school. Um, I'm finally revealing where I went. But you could, a, a Google search would let you know that. Uh, LinkedIn, I freaking, I don't like LinkedIn. But um, but really quickly to what you said about, you know, being more aware, um, recognizing all of those th- those things that you recognize, being able to stop yourself in the middle of maybe a spiral, or mm-hmm. like you're going to behave this way, and you know that this behavior is going to just start a fight. Let's say, correct. All right, I'm just making that up, but let's say that's. I mean, good chance. I mean, right? sometimes I like to start a fight. Sure, that's okay, but but do you need to start a fight? That's the real question, right? And so you have is to this say, the time to start a what fight? Is actually, Nicole, this is all rooted in uh, emotional intelligence. Salovey and Mayer. Uh, 1990. Um, it's our ability to basically ascertain our own emotions, emotions of others, and to mm-hmm. be able to negotiate between those emotions. So you're recognizing, oh, I'm feeling this mm-hmm. thing. How am I going to best respond to not necessarily, well, you can escalate if you feel like the situation needs to be escalated. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. But, and it's not necessarily pacifying, but maybe assuaging or of just saying, listen, I want to handle this with a modicum of uh, productivity. Yeah, where I let's let's actually go somewhere. Yeah. with this and not just or not just be taken down by or your not just emotions. be taken down with it or get into a big or old shut blow down fight. or whatever your thing is that however you tend to respond. I mean, we all actually respond differently. It could, whatever that pattern is, it's just helping you break out of that pattern of the responses that we all have responses where we're like, man, I wish I didn't respond like that. I right. wish I didn't just do that. Right. And think about how we sometimes cope. There are some people who pick fights or they get into fights, however they happen with their with their spouses, and then they make up with crazy sex. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, They're, that's kind of fun. It is kind of fun, but it's not healthy. I'm not saying it's healthy. It's I just not healthy. It's kind of fun. Right. It might be satisfying, <laughs> but it is not healthy. All right. Number two, it's like pizza. You might, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you might go to pizza or binge <laughs> no, movies. No, no, it's like pizza. Oh, pizza satis- well, yeah, satisfying, but not healthy. Well, the true food pizza <laughs> is healthy and sure, satisfying. sure, sure. Butternut squash pizza, true food at the Biltmore. If you live where we live, <laughs> you won't get any minus fifteen percent by mentioning Nova. But we should get on that. We should get on. That. Yeah, they should be a sponsor. Um, they should be a sponsor. <laughs> they should sponsor my life. Um. And uh, I'm sorry, totally cut you off. <laughs> you were just saying whatever our response is. So Noba or um, True Food should sponsor me. Picasso should sponsor <laughs> no, me. Hillside Spot Snooze should sponsor me. me. These are all the people who should be sponsoring all restaurants. me. <laughs> and yes, they all can accommodate my gluten allergy. Wait, what the hell? You were talking about how we all respond differently. You were oh, talking yeah, about yeah. oh yeah, pizza. <laughs> Back to booze, pizza. <laughs> booze. booze. <laughs> Movies. 
Um, I, I, uh, watch, I've watched, I mean, you know, I've had a little bit of stress the last few years. I work full time, I'm a full time doctoral student. I got three kids who are loud. You probably heard them in the background. They're great, but they're loud. And Nicole's and my kids together. Oh my goodness gracious. Decibel. It's like levels. another level. It's, it's like if you level. had one of those decibel machines, it would be like, mayday, mayday, mayday. They're like the equivalent of a frat house. <laughs> it's true. They're so loud. <laughs> so loud. Uh, Whatever you, oh, yeah, yeah. what's your So these are your things that you got. I'm not going to tell you what my distraction is. It's all of the above. Anyway. So yes, we and some of these the, are just distractions, though. They're from, just distractions Even if, if you're not us. feeling the stuff, you actually are feeling it, but you're not letting yourself feel it, and then you're distracted. You're distracting yourself. It's all our coping. Whatever it our is. coping is. And what I try to do now, well, but I'm not that good at it, is so if I'm stressed, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go have a glass of wine or I'm going to go get – it's more chocolate than wine or dessert. <laughs> That's truly what it is for me. And I try to tell myself, okay, what is it that's really bothering you? Yeah. And I can do that now versus mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. past where I just shoved chocolate in my mouth. <laughs> hole. In my mouth hole. hole. <laughs> I actually had someone ask me the other day. They were like, so how have you been – how did you cope with 2020? And I was like – Therapy? Masturbation. <laughs> I was like dry humping, masturbation, my therapist, and tequila, obviously. <laughs> oh, and the Bible. Maybe in that order, I don't know. <laughs> Renee is gone. I'm gone. Evan made me go. Uh, Yes. Okay. So <laughs> you're gonna come back that fast? <laughs> yes. In, you're in, a professional. Look, <laughs> this morning. Listen, I had a meeting on my calendar. Oh, this is so at amazing. At 10 a.m. and I was like, "What is this meeting?" I was like, "I don't know." And I thought I was just getting roped into another committee that does nothing, and turns out it was a presentation <laughs> that you were giving. And you were like, oh, dang. And while the lady was introducing me with my, thank God, it's like a paragraph long bio, I just went to old PowerPoints and boom, 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 boom. And listen, this presentation was great. It's seriously ninja Jedi business. I've been doing this every day for six years. If it had been, if it had been any other, if it had been six years ago, no, it would not have happened. It was like, listen, in 2014, if you had asked me to teach you everything (laughs) about the present progressive tense. No. I could have given that to you hardcore no. and made it interesting um, because that's what I did. If that's what you do, that's what you do. You, you get on it. You go on and you on point. Okay. So in 1996, I started going to a different therapist. Her name was Julie. True name. Gosh, that came to me. I was going to say Stacy, but it was actually Julie. But I realized with Julie, she was kind of an intern, I think. She was just starting. So 96, you were in your 20s. Was 20, 19. Early, I was 19. 19. Early 20s, 19. And so this was after my Mormon therapist, whose name I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But she was great. Um, but Julie was now at Biola. It was five bucks a session, God, which is fantastic. Amazing. What a miracle. That's a miracle Gas from the was 85 Lord. cents. Stop it. To drive from Phoenix to LA uh, was five bucks. And so I would make money by bringing other people with me on the ride. And I would like cash in. Cash out, cash in, cash something. Cash I in. don't know my phrasal verb there. You were correct. And... Then, um, but I realized in retrospect that Julie was a good uh, processing point mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
But Julie did not give me any tools. Mm, That's so interesting. And I regret that because she listened, Mm -hmm. but she didn't give you tools to leave with. She didn't give me anything. Like I don't ever remember her saying anything. Either I wasn't listening because I was 19 or, but I do because I I journaled everything. Listen, I got a whole. You got cricket antenna and you got. Nothing. Nothing. I got a good listener and I didn't need a good listener. I needed you need some tools. Mother effing okay, tools. Okay, so wait. This is good because this I feel like should be a little good segue into what should you look for yes. in a therapist? Nanette. <laughs> Nanette. And Kimberly, because she's my girl. That's my therapist. But Nanette is Renee's. We have ours. So I will tell you this. Well, let me tell you my story. I'll tell you my yeah, story. Yeah, tell the story now and then we'll talk so about Greg's what to look for. and me. Um, Greg's and me. Greg's and my <laughs> uh, marriage was suffering. We uh, Episode two on marriage, I talked to you. We had a, a huge financial fallout for about a decade. Things were not going well. And, you know, there were some, uh, we there were temptations to move outside of the marriage when it comes to, you know, certain body parts. And that wasn't, that wasn't going to keep our marriage together. If you yeah, know as I mean. it tends to not. So we got ourselves into therapy. And, uh, and it, he was a fantastic therapist. In fact, I have, there's a very close couple right now who's going to this mm-hmm. man and he's very good for them. And he was fantastic for Greg. Because mm-hmm. he realized after the couple's therapy, he's like, ooh, I need to see y'all individually. Right. And it was great. Which but a good therapist then, will do. I sat down with him. This was 2000. Judah was one. So this was 2015. Mm-hmm. I sat down with him in my private session and I we got through stuff and he had me do some great things like writing letters to people who had hurt me. I would not send them. I just would get Write everything them. out. Yep. Like, this is what happened. This is what you did. Mm-hmm. And they were super freeing. It was great. But then we got to the point where I was like, listen, bro, I got this thing and this is the thing that I know that I'm not going to be able to move forward in my life until I deal with it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's that, Renee? And I was like, self-hatred. And he did not buy it. Why? Because I'm this extroverted, like buoyant, you know, doer. I'm this person. You're successful. Well, yeah, sure. I don't know. Yes, you can say that. That's what you would attach you were to me. And have been but successful. He, even sure. Then. Okay, fine. I'll admit that. But <clears throat> I... I mean, not in everybody's eyes, right? I still had people who I was like, I'm not like them. I'm still here. But I had this overwhelming sense of self-hatred that I knew had to go. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know how to get rid of it. He did not believe me. That's unbelievable. And I I just, I was like cognitive dissonance, I guess. I'm not sure what this situation was. And I was like, all right, I'm going to bounce, bro. So I bounced. And I didn't go see therapy. I didn't go see a therapist uh, because I just didn't know what to do. I what, what homework, man? Yes. I like homework to an extent, but if it's an endless mine that I have to excavate, forget it. I just I, I, I didn't have time for that. And then maybe I'll pause there, and before I get to my Nanette. Oh, you're pausing there? Yeah, why well, I always I'm pause. On the edge of my seat. I just don't want to keep going. Or I guess should I go keep going? Should I do no, some I'm more? I'm supposed to tell my story. No, then we're gonna talk. Well, down. Well, how do you? Where do you want to go? Down in a minute, we're gonna talk about what to look for in a therapist. Okay, I'll start with mine. Then I'll give right, you. A, I'll, I'll give you a pause moment. Where I and then you can finish your story. I don't want to dominate the conversation. No, you're as fine. Much as There's I like no explanation. Being a dominatrix. I get it. I get it. <laughs> dominatrix. Uh, okay, Which so I'm not, I'm not into that. I don't even actually. I mean, listen, only Jesus knew what 2020 was going to hold. 
Only he could know. If we had known, we would have all, I don't know what. I would have farted more. <laughs> Just to get it out? I mean, you know. You fart a fair amount. Just to announce 2020. Boop, boop, boop. 2020 is <laughs> on its way. <laughs> Renee's letting us know. Toot to Taru. Okay, so I didn't know what 2020 was going to hold. And I I don't even remember what was leading up to it. What was leading up to it? You, Holly, other people talking to me, the Holy Spirit had been nudging me for, I'm not even, I'm not overstating it, 10 years. Holy 10 moly. years of, Nicole, you definitely need therapy. You have to have this. And I think at the beginning of 2020, I was praying about it, praying about just how I was feeling. And the the picture that came to my mind, I'm going to get this so very wrong because I'm not like a tech person, but you know, a computer whose storage is totally full. Mm. You know, a lot of our trauma and the hurts we have run in the background of us constantly. They're just running in the background like a program running in the background of a computer and we can still operate. But when the storage is full, it slows everything down. And I had had so much built up over my lifetime and into my adult life i mean because 2020 also brought to nicole 40 <laughs> no, that was so deeply traumatizing to me it was not but i had no this was well before i was even turning 40 so i was still 39 at this point this was the oh, well before 40 really well <laughs> before renee wanted to thrust me into my 40s listen because 40s is where liberation occurs. i was still kicking it in my 30s and i was still having a good old time and so it was the very start of 2020 I was still 39. Thank you very much. And I could feel that there, my system, or this is like metaphor, I just, I had no more space. There was, everything was slowing because all of the years of shit had piled up and I could not move through it anymore. It was sludge. And I was like, it's time. I have to do something. I'm going to break. I could feel it. And And restarting is not an answer anymore. No. I mean, there was no way to even do that. It was beyond anything I felt personally capable of. It was beyond anything that I – listen, it's not like I was sitting there not praying about stuff or like back to our why Christians don't want to go to therapy. It's not like I wasn't praying. I was in prayer. I was in healthy community, in a healthy marriage with good friendships and people around me, and I still could not move forward. I love that you're saying this. Freedom is on the road. That's right. I needed help. There's no shame in it. So I told Jonathan, okay, it's time. Like, I got to do this. I got to I gotta find a therapist. I went on to some Phoenix local area pages for therapists. I read through people's bios. I pulled four names. I sat on them for about a week. Then I prayed about them. And I was like, one of these, I just want one of these to be the people, the person. Like, please just let this, I don't want to do any research like you were saying. I don't want to go through this like song and dance. And I remembered, I looked at the name of one of them and I was like, this woman's name looks really familiar to me. I was like, why does she look so familiar? I remembered maybe five years ago, I had gone with another friend who had invited me and Jonathan to a therapy session with her, with this therapist. She had invited us to do some mediation between her and another friend because we were friends with both parties and we could serve as kind of, you know, an unbiased, you know, voice. 
And at that meeting, I thought, this this therapist is amazing. I was listening to her. She was like really intellectual, brilliant, but like soft, gentle, kind, but pointed, but direct, but then could do this whole, like, I'm a, I'll go up here with you and talk about the Holy Spirit, but I can come back over here and I can give you tools. And I was like, wow, are most therapists like this? And when we left, people were like, no, most therapists are not like her. I took a couple of her business cards and I proceeded to give those business cards out over the years to people. I was like, if you need a therapist, Whoa. You should call Kimberly. <gasps> that's Do you right. remember? That's Even how, at Prism, we had right. one of them. I gave, I mean, I sent her quite a few clients, I'm sure, Good. over the years. She, she was owes only, you. She does owe She me. should sponsor us. <laughs> she should sponsor us. <laughs> and so come time, I have my list of four names and I'm looking at them and I realize that that, the name at the top of the list is the same Kimberly, whose card I have been giving out for five years, who I had once sat in a session with. Now, maybe that seems coincidental to you. Not no. coincidental to me, totally God. I was like, oh, I just feel like this is the person. I'm just, I'm gonna call this person. I'm gonna make an appointment. The first, like, just brief phone call with her, she asked how I had found her because she likes to know. And I tell her this story, and she's like, oh, well, then that's God. And I was like, yes, it is. And that was it. And that was how we, that was how we started. And it's been a great fit. It's been a great fit. Like she has provided you so many keys for unlocking doors and then and not just opening doors for the sake of opening them but going through them and dealing with stuff in a way that I mean even stuff that she's told you I've thought ooh that was good advice I mean I think if you are like me in any way and you in vulnerability feels really scary to have a person who sees that I mean she sees how freaked out it makes me and is totally fine with it. Doesn't push me, doesn't push me beyond what I'm comfortable sharing. Asks me all the time, do you want to share this or do you want to share this? If something really heavy comes up, she'll be like, do you want to talk about this today? Or would you rather have a lighter a lighter session? And I'll be like, oh, like that's a gift. Sometimes I'm like, let's do it. I'm ready. Let's get into the, the stuff. And sometimes I'm like, no, I would really just like to talk about, you know, my kids today and like light stuff. Yeah. And she'll, she's super receptive to that. Good. And that's important because sometimes you just have to talk about that stuff. And I'm so glad for it. So I have a question for both of us that will come okay, later. Okay. So you're going to finish your story. Here. Yeah. So 2000 and – okay. This is I, – I can't wait to share this because I feel like it's so important. I actually did a podcast last week and when it all comes out, I'll share it with you. Uh, and I forgot to tell you about this. But And I talked about this and I, as I was saying it, I was like, I have to share this with as many people as possible. So it was 2016. I was 39 and I was 40 pounds overweight. And I did this uh, thing to get off the weight and I got the weight off. And I was in massage jeans. I looked great. And I, nothing that I thought was going to get fixed, mm-hmm. got fixed. I just had a smaller ass. <laughs> that is, and smaller thighs and smaller belly and smaller, and one chin. And that's it. That's the, the only thing that changed mm-hmm. was my pant size. That's it. So I was like, oops. You really legitimately put a lot into, I'll feel like. Well, remember what I told you where my marriage was? 
that I thought, right. okay, if I looked a certain way, mm-hmm. I would be more desirable and mm-hmm. it would fix my marriage. If I, I would feel better about myself. I right. wouldn't have self-hatred. All these I things. hate myself yes. because I've allowed myself to have three children in my late 30s and have extra weight on me. How dare I? Right. Right. So How all dare I be things. a woman and, and use I my figured, body? And I figured, okay, if I look good, I'm going to feel good because mm-hmm. I've got Jesus. Yeah. I had a lot of Jesus, man. Yeah. I was leading women to Christ. I was leading. I was doing. I was making. I was doing all of that stuff. Um, but it didn't. that didn't do a darn thing. Right. All right. But I was like, oh, how am I going to find a therapist? I don't even know what to do. And then the back of my mind was this. Because I will, I wanted to mention this. I had done a lot of like deliverance kind of things and mm-hmm. I don't want to knock any, so I'm not going to name any, but those kinds of things where you go in for like an hour session and they intuit from the Holy Spirit, like what your deep, dark thing mm-hmm. is. I know what and you're talking about. And you, then you pray it and then you deal with it and you confess and then you bounce. Mm-hmm. And it's, listen, it serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like really great notes on something I still didn't know how to operate. Keeping in mind, I'm 39 and thin, right? (laughs) And thin. And thin. And so I was like, Lord, I don't know, but I know this. I do not, under any circumstances, want to go to a Christian therapist Mm -hmm. because I don't want any more pat answers. I don't want anybody telling me just, oh, you hear from the Holy Spirit. Let's just figure out what the Holy Spirit. Right. What's your relationship with your father? Because that's your relationship with your father in heaven. What's your relationship with your mother? Because that's your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I didn't want any more puzzles. Yeah. I didn't want any more of that. Well, All and right? also just, I mean, we haven't even talked about this yet and we will eventually, but just uh, spiritual abuse if you, if you come out of any kind of spiritual abuse too in the church, it's really easy to equate a therapist giving you yeah. therapy and twisting and using scripture or this or that to, I don't know, get you to a certain conclusion. Yeah. It feels unsafe. I, I It felt so unsafe to me. And I was like, nope, I don't want a Christian. And I felt guilty about that. And keeping in mind, like Greg had gone to a, a different therapist, not the dude I was talking about. And he had talked about our uh, temptations, mm-hmm. right? And she's like, so what's wrong? Go outside of your marriage. Right. Like F other people. Right. He's like, um. As a non-Christian right? therapist. And, right. that's, and so that was her advice. And for some people, fine. That works. Your marriage can stay together. You can do what you want. But for us, we knew that that was a choice that would derail. I mean, another point to our how to choose a therapist is right? ideally, well, still choosing a therapist who has values that align with your values, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be, if you're a Christian, that they have to be a Christian, mm-hmm. which, yes, makes people very uncomfortable, which I think is another reason Christians don't choose therapy or therapists is because they think they're all secular or it's all, or it's only going to be you know, advice outside of your value set or your counsel or therapy outside of your value set. And that's not necessarily the case. That's right. So, and I will say as a little point, the reason why Greg and I were feeling these things, you can listen to our purity episode, uh, purity (laughs) culture episode. All right. Now that's, we worked it out. We'll talk about this on a different episode, not today. So anyway, so I get home. Oh, wait, wait. So I'm thinking about all of these things like, uh, but I just kind of was pushing it aside, pushing it aside. And I will say that I told this story to my therapist on the very last day I had therapy with Mm. her when she graduated me. Four years into therapy. I'm going to tell you the end of that. But here's what I told her. 
So I was searching for this and I got home and Greg was seemingly very uncomfortable. And I knew he wanted to say something to me, but I couldn't figure out what he wanted to say. And he, and he was like, um, so can I share something with you? And I was like, absolutely, you could share something with me. And he's like, well, uh, so Greg has this kind of conversation or communication with God where he, Greg receives words, like words that he doesn't know or words in a different language. Mm-hmm, it's really and cool. he always, they just kind of drop into his brain and then he looks them up and it usually sends him on a, this amazing trajectory or it reveals something mm-hmm. about something or it answers a question for him. It's really cool. And it's like such a cool God to, to, to fit right into Greg's personality. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> anyway, so I know this about Greg. I had been married to him at this point for more, more than 10 years. He said, well, I heard a word today. And I was like, oh, cool. He's like, and I Googled it. And he's like, and the first thing that came up is what I was thinking of talking to you about. And I was like, okay. He's like, so I Googled this word and it was a therapist in the valley. And I was like, oh. Oh. And he didn't want to oh. like make me offended, right? right. He didn't want to, he's like, now listen, I don't think you need therapy. He's like, but I know you and I know that you wanted one. And I figured, you know, I'd share this with you. And it was actually liberating, yeah. right? It didn't feel judgmental, like, oh, my husband wants to send me to therapy. Yeah. But I mean, maybe a little bit, but I can't remember that far back. That was so many years ago. <laughs> You're such a different, <laughs> healthier person. And my 30s were like a distant past. <laughs> but um, anyway, I, this is what I thought. I thought, okay, the worst that's going to happen is I'm going to lose a $20 copay and an hour of my life. Right. That's the worst that can happen. Yeah. Right? So I was like, fine, good. So I went. The word he heard was Nanette. Nanette. So I went to my Nanette and I sat down and, you know, keeping in mind that my biggest issue was self-hatred. And I was like, listen, I don't have anything. And I came out and I told her everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is what I've done with my life. Mm -hmm. Here are all my accomplishments. I told her this. Mm -hmm. This is what my whole MO is about. And I was like, and I am full of Mm self-hatred. And I said, I just need to let you know that both of these things are true about me. Yeah. And I was like, and that's why I'm here. And if you are not willing to help me with this, I'm on bounce. It's amazing. I love that you did that. And she looked at me and she was like, I like you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm so likable. <laughs> and that was it. Never the, the truer Renee words been spoken. Began. <laughs> and it was, it just happened. And Nanette was everything I needed. There were never any pat answers. She's been enraged with me for acting like a shit. And I said, and that's the next question is what is, the number one thing. And I know, um, so Nanette did graduate me um, in 2000, what the year is it? 2019. So I started mm-hmm. in 2016 in May. And in August of 2019, I knew it was coming. Yeah. Because I knew when I was going to her, I was answering my... I, Which also, I, was, I didn't even know I was until just, this happened that like, Therapists will graduate you and they'll she be like, did. okay, she doesn't, listen, Nanette is no nonsense. I'm sending you off on your little baby wings. You can fly, little yeah. birdie. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know they did that, but I, I also love it. Nanette was not seeing me like fall into a pile of tears. She was watching me say, okay, so this thing happened and here's how I responded. Right. And I knew it the last day and I loved, I loved it and I knew it was coming and I sat down and she had this sign this is not the one thing she taught me your your life is what your thoughts make it mm-hmm. something like I that i think that's I something like that. that yeah and i i knew 
I knew it was coming. And I almost like had a fit just to like stop it from coming. Yeah. But I was like, no, you can't do that. You can't, you can't get rid of me. And she looked at me and she's like, you don't need me anymore. Yeah. I was like, I know, but I want you. Yeah. She's like, I'm still here for you. Yeah. And it turns out I went back to her in September. Mm-hmm. Just after the, the you know. It's just the, like a tune-up, like yeah, a check-in, like a touch base. There's a lot happening. It was the first time I, September 3rd was the first time, September 2nd was the first time I cried in 2020. So after that, I was like, ooh, I probably should go see Nanette. And so, you know, I needed to have that. But I'm asking you now, even though it's only been a year, but only a year is not minimizing it. What is the mm-hmm, number mm-hmm. one thing in looking back that Kimberly, I, I said Crystal, I said Kathleen, I said <laughs> so many names. all of these names in my head. What did Kimberly, what has she said to you this that year? That stood out the most? That is just like that. Changed my game? That's changed the, the game? Ooh, that's hard. Well, this one's like really sad. It might make me cry. Oh, I have tissues right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to cry. I'm going to really try not to cry. I'm trying to think. Um, I think to – well, I'll say a couple things. I think having a person who actually – she regularly reminds me that she's for me, Mm -hmm. which, you know, like I was just saying, I have good community. I have friends. But to have a person who validates what you're feeling and then says – you're not alone in this. You have. And then she'll name my people. Like really? she'll name Jonathan. She'll name you. She'll name my other well, friends. Oh, she knows me. Yes, she knows you. Of Nanette course. Knows she, knows Ren- she knows Renee. She'll name people. And then she'll say, and you have me. Like mm. it's a good reminder of like, oh yeah, this isn't, you know. It's just transaction. This isn't just a, like she's invested in my life. Yeah. Um, and she, you know she likes you. I know you she know likes she me. she wishes you could go out I wish that I could hang out with her. No question. Like I would absolutely hang out with her, which maybe that's part of like what to look for in a therapist. But I don't think that's the case for everybody. I don't know if everybody wants to feel like they want to have a beer or a tequila shot with their therapist, but I feel like that about mine. Nanette has said that to me. That's been good for me, uh, just in terms of how I relate to her. Though, especially at this age. I mean, I think if you just there's a that speaks to some level level of comfortability, right? Like that's just trust and relatability, and like a person who is grounded and all those things. So that's all stuff to look for. But there's a couple of things. Um, One thing she's I I told you this, but it's like. It is. It was a kind of a. I'll say this. I would say stuff. I would share things in passing, like, "Oh, and then this little thing, this thing happened, or this happened," and she would stop me, and she'd be like, "Oh, can we go? Can we go back to that really fast? Can you just can we pause and go back to that thing you just said?" And I would say, "Yeah, well, why?" And she would say, "Well, that's actually a really big deal," and this kept happening, and I kept thinking. Wait, how is that a big deal? That's just like one of 85 of those incidences that happened to me as a child. And she'd say, every single one of those is a very big deal. And I did not know Mm. that the things that I have been experiencing were big deals. So to the point we talked about earlier, you can minimize your stuff, which I did apparently my whole life, because I didn't know that a lot of what I was experiencing was patterns of abuse or a number of other things. Because I didn't know, because nobody told me, because I was a kid. And so I grew up thinking, that's just what happens. You just deal with it. You just move on. You just suck it up. You tuck it away. You you act like a grown-up, all of those things. And to have someone be like, oh, no, 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 actually, that, that's a really big thing that happened to you. The other thing that she said to me that has kind of reverberated through my mind, and I think hopefully this, I mean, I know it ties in, but. 
she said, at one point she said, Nicole, I just want to say it's really, it's actually astonishing and remarkable that you are able to have connected relationships with people. That's amazing. Based on the amount of abuse you've been through and trauma. Yeah. And to hear someone say that, and I said to her, I mean, I looked right at her and I said, Kimberly, it's only Jesus. And she said, it's only Jesus. That's so cool. Like, that's my therapist. It's not like she fixed it in that moment, yeah. but we recognize that's the Lord. So you can have a therapist who's walking with you and loving you, but they still can recognize and point out where God has done God work. Like, I have lots of work to do, but I would literally not be alive without Jesus. That's amazing. Oh, I love it. You can cry. I hate it. I love it. I love that. This the is my Enne first time crying. Listen, the Enneagram 8 cried before the I Enneagram mean, on our, 4. On our podcast. The, I know. I, the Enneagram 8 cried before the Enneagram 4. I would just like to put that on the record. Um, That's also Jesus and Kimberly. It is Jesus and Kimberly. No, legit. I would not. I have cried more. It's We've true. talked about it. I've cried I love more it. in the last year than I've cried my whole life. It's true. And a big issue for fours is that we cry too much. Like sometimes <laughs> we're just falling on the floor crying. And that's my big shame in life is why did I have to cry over that? But that's just what we do. And Jesus, Listen, it's really Jesus. We've swapped places. I love it. I love it. It's like an it. alternative universe. I would. I love it. No, but thank you for crying. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I, I'm so appreciative of Kimberly. I hope Kimberly listens to this. Maybe I'll I send it to value her. you, Kimberly, and I'll have a drink with you any day. I will day. say this, though, on the topic of crying, that because I really hate crying, and I don't cry that much in therapy, actually, all things considered, as much as we talk about really hard things, I don't cry very often. But when one of like maybe the second or third time I cried, she could see how just visibly uncomfortable I was with the fact that I was crying, not with what I was sharing. Just I hate the feeling of crying because it's so vulnerable. And so she's and your to makeup me, always looks so good; it's you. not worth ruining. Thank you very much. I know. She says to me, she goes, "So from now, from she let me cry." And then afterwards, she goes, "So from now on, Nicole, this is such brilliance." She's like, "When you cry, I'm not going to point out the fact that you're crying, good, because normally." She's like, if I were with a client and they were crying, I would say, I see that's really hard for you. Mm. I see that this is bringing up a lot of emotion. You know, she's like, but I'm actually not going to acknowledge it because I know it makes you so uncomfortable. But I'm telling you now that I see it. Oh, that's good. It's so good. So then when if I cry now, there's just no response from her because it makes me more uncomfortable. But then I know in my back of my mind, no, she sees it. It's okay. That's right. We don't have to talk. Talk about it. I know. She's Mensa level. She is another level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And she's probably what, like in her 30s or 40s? Or she's 50s? in her 40s. Okay. I think she's like, I don't know. She's just, I think, a few years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. I, and Nanette, I think, is 10 years older than me-ish. But it's true. And so I want to segue here because we had mentioned just the Enneagram. If you want to know more about the Enneagram, I think it's episode four. I don't know. Uh, it says the Enneagram. Fine. It's good. Um <laughs> But there is a, a an artist, sorry. <laughs> Nicole just held up 41 minutes and 44 seconds. Actually, this I started this five minutes late. I don't care. I'm just giving you a, Listen, a ballpark. Look, we are talking about good stuff. I know. I'm not going to let time hinder it's me when we live stop. in an eternal reality. It's a, it's a, it's a benchmark. Um, Albert Einstein believed that time was relative. Are you actually talking about <laughs> Albert Einstein and yes, time? I did. Yes. <laughs> yes. Most podcast listeners do actually reference Albert Einstein. Um, reference a thing called time. Whatever. <laughs> but go they on. Can kiss my <laughs> left nut. And so <laughs> <laughs> And from henceforth all Noba episodes shall be 
14 hours long. All right. So there is a, uh, it's not a band, but it's a guy. I can't remember his name, but his band <laughs> with himself is called Sleeping at Last. What is it? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was he like, has where a are whole, you going? Got, he yes, has yes, a whole I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. He has this whole, this is what happens when I have two, I call them cups, but they're glasses. You said, you said cups of wine. <laughs> it's more like seven cups. Um, I had two, two measuring glasses. cups. <laughs> Of red zin <laughs> to bake, I was like, this is to bake a tipsy pie. But listen, look, red zin just makes me. It's real good. It, it brings out all of me. So Sleeping at Last has a whole series on the Enneagram. There's nine songs. Um, and the eighth song has a line in it that I actually, uh, a lady, oh gosh, she just changed her, um, she just changed her mother ever. I what's don't that, even, I know what you're to say. Not Pinterest, but the th- Etsy. She changed her oh, Etsy, Etsy name. Shop. Yeah. Because, but I'll, I'll put it on something because I want to give her We can more, put it in our show notes. Uh, yeah, I'll do that. Um, but anyway, she has these little things that she creates and you print them. And I gave one to Nicole and the one I gave to Nicole. Pretend all of that was more articulate than <laughs> it was. Pretend that what was in my brain communicated I to got it. I'm right there with you. Way. So I printed that out for Nicole, and the one that hers said for Enneagram 8 is, I'm strong enough to let you in. Strong enough to let you in. So good, right? I don't even think you put it up. Did you just hide it away somewhere? No, it's in my closet where I get dressed. I have like artwork. I have a framed picture of you and Jenny. So your your bare babies get to see it every morning. Yes, and my... Other some other artwork because I, I made my closet all pretty level today. But <laughs> look, when you get some alcohol in me, it's all all bets are off. And then four. Oh, so the four is this, and this will be a segue into my final the four next quote story. from this. What artwork. if we already are what we've been dying to become? It, that's more spot on for a four than the than eight is for eight. You've ever but it's seen. so good. So the thing that Nanette, Nanette taught me over a long time. Was, and I talked about this in one episode, but here's like the science of it, um, is we cannot believe the story that's in our head. Mm-hmm. Brene Brown talks about this at all. Mm-hmm. What's the story that I'm telling mm-hmm. and what's the actual truth? And I think fours of all people um, have listened to a story or a narrative, as we like to say, that is not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can have parallel storylines happening, the real storyline yes. and the false storyline, and we can switch hit. Yes. I'm sorry, that's a lot of mixed metaphors. with And a baseball metaphor? Really, Renee? <laughs> really? Um, it's good. It's good today. I'll, maybe I'll have another sports metaphor for you in the next century. Um, but... What it really taught me, and this is what Nanette showed me, she's like, what you have done throughout the last however many decades is you have allowed whatever story you wanted to be told or whatever story other people told about you, validating the fact that people have said shitty things, mm-hmm. right? And then I've believed those shitty things and then sometimes, you know, shitty begets shitty until you have a mound of shit. And um, Evan keeps laughing at all of my inappropriatenesses and it is egging me on, Evan. It she is. can't stop. <laughs> it's just, it's, I'm going to go. I'm going to go next level. Um, but, and she, you know, she did this gesticulation, like looking at ruts in your brain and they're the neural pathways. And listen to this freaking esoteric uh a neural pathway is a connection formed between mm, neurons mm-hmm. to transfer signals throughout the nervous system. I legit remember that from Give me a break. from college. Here is science what class. here is what neural pathways are. So if you think about um, if you think about an uh, a 
tor- torrential rainstorm in your head and you think about that rain being all of the lies and the stories that you've told, particularly mm-hmm. the negative things that you've said about yourself, which maybe have been true when you were in eighth grade, but aren't necessarily true at 39, mm-hmm. but you still think that it's you. You identify with that person. The reason is, is because that torrential rain has created ruts mm-hmm. and those ruts are the neural pathways. And, and so the water now has no place to go. The water of the lies has no place to go, but through those ruts. Mm-hmm. And then they trigger your emotions to do what you do. And yeah. if you happen to be an anagram four, you just cry all the time. I mean, Nicole's seen me cry a lot, not in 2020, but all of the years prior. Mm-hmm. And, and you just don't know what to do with it all because you have, there's nowhere else for the water lies to go. Mm. That's good. That's so, that's a good image. So I mean, Nan- not, not lovely, but helpful. Yeah. So Nanette, I mean, this ridiculous Wikipedia business, give me a break. And I mean, who can, who can wrap their head around that? No, that's Seriously. why you need a therapist. That's right. So wrap their head around to get it. So what Nanette taught me was to say, okay, when the rain starts and it feels like rain, mm-hmm. you don't even realize it's raining. It's like people in Seattle. Right? You're just living in it. You're just whatever. It's just it's the, rain. It's if it's every not day. raining. Right. Then you notice you're it's not, not actually not sad anymore. Mm-hmm. And I hate the rain. And um, anyhow, so I, she's like, when it starts to rain, you need to recognize that it's raining. Mm-hmm. And then you need to stop yourself. And now going back to the story, you need to ask yourself, is this thing true? Mm-hmm. So good. And I'm telling you, the minute I left, immediately it was some barrage of self-hatred, some barrage of you didn't do this right, you, this happened, whatever. Some narrative that I had been allowing to dictate my life to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, whoa, what? And I stopped it and I was like, okay. And I was like, okay, so this feels real true. Yeah. And maybe it was a rejection. I had a legitimate rejection happen that I felt was going to completely throw my life. It was a professional thing. But it was like a dream that I had been going for for a long, long time. And and ha- it wasn't a total rejection, but it was a detour. And it just felt like, <sighs> so the thing that I've been waiting for all of these years is actually not going to happen yeah. because somebody else arbitrarily said no. Right. And and then I was going to continue to go down that path of just self-negation, all of those things. But I remembered Nanette's words. And I said, no. And I was like, okay, they gave me this answer, but that doesn't mean it has to be the end of my story. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, a year prior, it would have been the end of my yeah. story. I remember. And so I, I got up and time. I fought. Yep. And it yeah, turns you did. out that I actually walked into that dream in a much better and more true to me and my trajectory and my future than that that other no was actually a beautiful no. Right. But I would never have gotten to walk into this new thing if I had allowed that the the rainstorm to just flood it out. And take it away. And take so away the next thing. What has happened so uh, 2016, so it's been about five years now of me stopping that narrative Mm -hmm. and essentially here's where the neural pathways come in where your brain is malleable yeah our brains are not just yours mine too (laughs) where i now those ruts that are there i can stop that water yeah it's amazing your brain can can fill in those digs or Mm -hmm. those ruts and they can pave new pathways Mm -hmm. so it takes a while and it's discipline and it's you have to be aware you have to be emotionally intelligent um, you have to build emotional intelligence. But now I don't have those like derails. Every once in a while, if something r- cuts real deep mm-hmm. or I'm too tired or maybe I've had too much sugar or maybe, you know, I haven't had enough S-E-X. 
Or um, a couple measuring cups of reds in. You correct. Might be- I might. I might not be all in. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I'm there now. Yeah. Where I just don't get triggered like I used I know. to. I fully testify to all of I know. all that you are speaking. And so I know that took a little bit of time, but I want you to know. And listen, not everybody can. You might be able to hear this and be like, "All right, I'm going to do that. Good. I hope you can do that. You save your twenty dollars copays." But for those of you who need help, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. walk on up into somewhat therapist, Google it on up, ask your husband to have a word, you know, take a friend, <laughs> you know, lay your hands up on the screen, whatever you need to do to get there. Walk on into your therapist, state your truth and say, I need you to help me repave the neural pathways of my brain. Um, it's so good. It makes me think of that verse, um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's right. Um, when we started and we're talking about well, what, what, well, like a lot of Christians don't like therapy and they don't want to do that. And it's, you know, conflict with not believing God or faith or God should be enough. But your therapist that it doesn't, therapy is a supplement to, or complementary to your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And if that's one way for your brain to be renewed then let it be. Lord, let it be. Yeah. I mean, there's no conflict there whatsoever. Especially for those of us who've had traumatic lives. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I are among those people. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of y'all have had traumatic lives. I've met y'all, some of you. And, And that's okay. It is okay to have had a really, really hard past and to admit this is too hard for mm-hmm. me and I have enough Jesus and Jesus loves me fully and Jesus loves me so much that he's providing me this very amazing tool mm-hmm. to get over totally to not even get over but get through, get through this move, move to forward. get through it to move forward and yes you might not even know you had a hard life I mean I knew I had hard things happen to me but I didn't understand the depth of what had mm-hmm. actually happened to me until I started therapy I did minimize not because I was trying to minimize, but I just did. That's actually how I coped was to minimize. And I think when you're talking about not believing the lies, I think part of my thrust into therapy, thrust, I like that I just use that word. Mm. Push it. Push Push it it real real good. good. Um, Didn't we sing Salt and Peppa one other time? I feel like we really did. No, we did did Supersonic by. Supersonic. Who's that by? Salt and Peppa. I don't know. Somebody. At any rate, as I was thrust forward, um, I think JJ a lot Fad. of <laughs> I think a lot of my <laughs> stuff was I didn't necessarily believe a lot of lies, but I <laughs> did. You get that right? Supersonic is by JJ Fad. I was right. <laughs> I can't believe you pulled that out of your brain. Listen, you I told you before 2000, kind, anything that was in my brain it's stuck. Wizardry. Keanu Reeves was born September 2nd, 1964 in Beirut, Lebanon to a Chinese father and a British mother. I wanted to say- His name means cool that, breeze over a mountain. As Renee is saying this, <laughs> this is not random. She's literally staring at a picture of Keanu Reeves. It's not just like- she just knows that information. He's in the room with us. <laughs> pointing at you. Pointing at me. Looking at me. And she's staring at him. Okay. Oh, only well, Renee. Well, the only reason why is somebody, my <laughs> friend Mary, my friend Mary sent me a uh, 
Freddie Mercury card that says, yes, queen on it. And he's, and I put it on. So when you look at me on Zoom and I'm on Zoom all day long, um, Freddie Mercury is on my left. And I thought, man, this needs to be an equitable Zoom. It has to be equitable. So I put Keanu on the other side. Clearly. So that's obviously the choice. That's obviously the thing to do. Keanu's on the other. That's right. Listen, if you want to call a Zoom meeting with me, do so. Can meet Renee's loves. And then you can see my guys in the back. Her, her, Her first loves. And then there's Wonder Woman who, Mary actually gave that to me and that's the only reason that's up, but Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman 2 was the biggest pile of. I didn't see it. Also because everybody um, around coyote me kept poop. telling me it was so terrible. Coyote poop. <laughs> I mean, you know, I got to get a different animal. Because it's not a lie that I'm calling out. This is the truth. Oh, because you haven't said your horse shit yet? I did say horse shit the did first you? minute did in. Did I miss it? First minute in. I thought you alluded to it, but I didn't know you said I it. I said it. No, coyote <gasps> poop. You know, the it. little pellets all over the ground. Um, They're no, not that's rabbits. What Wonder Woman 2 it's is. not rabbit poop. They're dogs. Coyote poop has like green bit chunks in it. This conversation has – this has turned into a very – we went a totally Wait, different direction. We had something kind of I meaningful. I was saying some stuff. Anyway, I was just saying – Oh, and saying, then I see JJ Fad. I'm sorry. I no, I it. love that you knew it and you knew it. You just – you knew it. You pulled it out of your your magic brain. Um, I was just saying – I don't even know what I was saying. I feel like we should wrap I it up. I don't either. I was basically saying not – my, my deal wasn't believing lies necessarily. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So much as um, just not dealing – it's right. Just piling, letting all of the stuff pile up to the point, like I was talking about earlier, where my system was overloaded and I was about to reach a breaking point. I had been quasi coping in the ways that I knew how to cope um, with things like. But you were armored. For sure. My my dealing was is my protective state is me being tough, strong, armored, such and such. My healthier state is me being is me literally crying on this episode, which would have never but I happened. Love it. Anyway, all that to I say, I salute your crying. It, all that to say, our things can be whatever our things are but, but, that lead us to therapy. But but, but let me tell but, you but, though. But, let me pause you there. So that Nicole's, you know, is she armors and her healthy state is being a little bit more malleable. My unhealthy state right. is self-negating, mm-hmm. is to fall into a pile, to not cope, is to essentially admit my weakness. Mm-hmm. But my strong state right. is my strength, mm-hmm. which is why eights and fours are flips of each We're other. We're inside outs of each other. We're insides outs. I, it's kind of like gross. Your guts. It's kind of gross. I wear kinda, your guts on my outside. But it's kind of good. And, but, but, that's, but that truly is, and I feel like 2020, if anything, it taught me that, that I'm a mm-hmm. lot stronger than I've ever given myself credit yes. for. And I'm not afraid to give myself credit for the strength anymore. I think I used to feel so sorry. I used to be afraid to show people how strong I was. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know why I just I wanted to be humble, hmm, but I'm like, so really? No, that's perfect. I'm sorry, but I'm not doing anybody fa- any favors. By I think being my weak. 2020 takeaway was that I'm actually a lot more sensitive and softer. You are. Then, well, I've always known that, but then I've given my credit myself credit for, and that I've let people see. That's right. That's right. Word. I don't know that anybody's seen anything in 2020 except for me a little bit more boozy, but (laughs) boozy badass. (laughs) If you want to see Mike Tyson on his A game, watch the hot boxing with Mike Tyson or listen, watch, you can watch it too. Uh, with his interview with Boozy Badass. Mike Tyson freaking reads Boozy Badass, the riot. It's so funny to me that you're into the Mike Tyson I love it. It's called podcast. Hot Boxing. I know. Listen, There's you've so, told me I about just, it The title alone, 
the title alone, they're up there. They're in a hot box, like smoking doobies, uh, real expensive doobies because it's nobody, Mike Tyson. Nobody calls them doobies. Plus, anymore. I call them doobies. And then <laughs> the Doobie Brothers call them doobies. And then, <laughs> what a fool believes. Oh, no, no, no. And then, listen, I know that wasn't on key. You. So, <laughs> work to all right so boozy badass oh hot boxing and then it's a boxing it's boxing and they're in a box i like that you're boxing while you're you're they're punching the box. air while it's you're a saying triple that entente. okay i began and end this episode in french you did we're done we've reached all we've Mered. reached the climax of the night do you have anything else do you have anything else you want so to say when i was in paris two years ago <laughs> <laughs> that good but it feels good <laughs> so i was in paris two years ago I, keeping in mind i like was a foreign exchange student my french used to be pretty good i've been to paris a lot of times <laughs> in my life but the last time i went well we were supposed to go this year but covid for my 40th for nicole's 40th but anyway i went in 2018 and we were on the street and <laughs> these two like super dapper frenchy uh businessmen <laughs> were walking and as they were walking i noticed it was a big pile of dog shit <laughs> I like that you're already laughing. It sounds also <laughs> like this story, like you and I were in France together. We were not. I know, but, but go it sounds on. like it. So this giant pile of dog shit. And these guys were so well-dressed that I was like, I had to spare them. Yeah. But I couldn't remember the French word for poop. Yes, because <laughs> it's, it wasn't at the tip what of your tongue. It? So I went, monsieur, <laughs> merde, <laughs> which is yes. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know this story. Pointed at the poop, and I just said, "Mary." And they like looked at me, and they looked at the ground, and they like stepped over because they would have walked right, right into, into that it. shit. And they stepped over. They're like, oh, "Merci." And I was like, And that was it. That's the extent of my French anymore. It's swears and thank you, and uh, or you're welcome. And that was it. And I, it's caca. That's the French yes, for yes, poop. Yes, yes. I didn't remember that. Caca. I who would have known that? Anyway, no. that's. That was my French story. I don't think that we could um, be closing on a better story. <laughs> I know. Listen, <laughs> Listen, don't walk into the merde, okay? Get yourself a therapist. Get a therapist. You have enough Jesus. You have all the Jesus you need. And you have all the faith you need. You have all of the awareness you need. You, maybe not awareness yet. You'll get more awareness. But if you feel like that little thing in you that's like, I should talk to somebody, that's the awareness saying yes. you should do that. Or if you're running a tape recorder or whatever your modern day version of that is, and you're like, I can't stop this recorder, you need to get yourself to a therapist. Now, if you don't need therapy and you just want to get on the in train or the bandwagon, save yourself the copay and your co-therapist sanity and don't go to a therapist. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was an important disclaimer. Also, I think that on our Instagram, I'm going to share out some resources for of more affordable ways to do therapy because we didn't even get into that. Masturbation. I mean, that counts. But if you actually want to talk to someone, not while you're masturbating, but if you want to talk <laughs> to someone, um, there are some more affordable ways to do it than – because I know that cost is a thing. Like it's, it's prohibitive for a lot of us to go to therapy. But there are some really genius ways to – you know, have a therapist now that don't cost nearly as much. And I'll, I'm going to share some of those on the Instagram. But that's it. We did it. And we talked about all the things. What time are we at? 
Oh, we're just as I think this is the longest episode we've had. That's okay, by far. No, but and that's all okay. the edits that Evan has to make, it's gonna go down. I mean, not so minutes. many edits. Not so many edits as you might think. The fu business. Okay, listen. Maybe some bleeps, but not some edits. I didn't actually mean fu. <laughs> I meant fu. Yeah, th- they know what you meant. We know. I know mm-hmm. what you meant. She's gonna I'm gonna have some us. more red zin and some sex. And I'm, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to follow follow suit with Renee, but we'll see. You should. We'll see where the night takes me. I have to have a procedure on Friday. Maybe I'll talk about it in a future episode. So I got to, I got to, I got to put, get all my sex in before Friday because it's a few uh, weeks yes, of yes. abstinence. Pack the sex in. Before, I told that to my husband before this Before the, the surgery. Um, if you've made it this far, uh, the Lord bless you. And keep you. And keep you. And... Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe because it really does make a difference. And ask us questions about the meaning of life. Um, we're open to all of it, and tell everybody you know to listen to this podcast, <laughs> especially and, this episode. Especially, <laughs> clearly, this episode. All of the legalists and the fundamentalists. Yes, if you could just pass it on to every every fundy that you know, that any would be Calvinist, great. tell them that this episode is all about predestination. For sure. <laughs> They're going to eat it up with a spoon. That's right. All right. Peace. In the Middle East. All the time. Every day. In all the places. Every second of every hour of forever every century. And, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. <laughs>